Welcome to The World is Leadership. My name is Emmanuel Gobillo. In this show, I want to take a different approach to leadership. No buzzwords, no jargon. Instead, for each episode, I'll just pick up a random word and I'll use it to uncover a valuable lesson for leaders like you. Some words will be mundane, some extraordinary, some will be more obscure than others, but I'll use them all in order to help you become a better leader. So join me as we explore the word is leadership, turning everyday words into extraordinary insights. Subscribe, listen in, and let's start leading. So welcome back to the word is leadership. Thank you again for your support. Thank you for joining us, or joining me, uh, but also the rest of us. The uh, The number of listeners has been climbing over the last few weeks, so uh, thank you all for your support. Thank you so much uh, for joining me, and I'm so privileged uh, to have you with me. So it's week four. Nothing has changed for those of you joining us for the first time. I'm sitting here with my dictionary in front of me. I open it on a random page, uh, and my job is to come up with leadership insights on the basis of the random word of the week. Uh, Last week, we discussed the word squeak. And for those of you who joined us, I'm sure you remember, I had a memorable jingle, a drum roll when I was choosing the word. It was our first jingle, and I promised you I would try to do something a bit more professional for an esteemed audience such as yourself. So I'm going to try something new today. So here we go. Okay. I'm not sure whether you think the new jingle is any better than the last one. So, uh, but let, let me make it clear. It is not my heartbeat, okay? It is, it is a, a jingle of a heartbeat. Mine, if anything, beats a whole lot faster uh, as I try to find out what word I'm going to be faced with uh, this week. So let me know what you think, just like last time, or indeed if you have anything else you think about, any feedback, any thoughts, any comments, you can find me at thewordisleadership.com. Uh, and get in touch. But you're listening to episode four of The Word is Leadership, and the word this week is TUG, T-U-G. Now, I I also have to apologize. I know last week I did a whole rift and randomization uh, because we had two words starting with S in in, uh, a very short period of time, and now I've got a word starting with T. So I'm definitely picking... From the back end of the dictionary, I'm going to have to get a better technique to get some words that come more toward the front, of course, without cheating. But um, I'm going to do with what I've got. We've got the word tug. Uh, The definition of tug is rather long, so let me just read a few bits of it. Pull with great effort or uh, violently make vigorous pull. Tow by means of steam. Uh, violent pull, violent or painful effort, uh, powerful vessel for towing others. So uh, a lot of um, the definition being about pulling and pushing, uh, which makes me think that whilst we're in episode four of a podcast about leadership, I've never actually defined leadership. And the idea of pushing and pulling actually probably tells me that we can do something with that. And I I have to do, because I suspect my school and my college and my university teachers and lecturers wouldn't be very impressed with me. Uh, I was always told that you can't start talking about something until you've defined the key terms. Uh, And I haven't defined anything. So I believe we might be able to do that with TUG. Uh, It gives us the opportunity to put things right. So let's start at the beginning. 
What's the role of a leader? What's the job of a manager? Is it to tug people along? Is it to push and pull to get work done? Well, that all depends, I think, on what uh, your view is of why people do what they do, your view of human motivation. And I'm pretty sure if you've studied leadership or management or if you've had a passing interest about leadership and management, you would have heard a number of theories of human motivation and the impact that they have on management. And one in particular, like many of them, that was developed in the 50s and 60s, which was a time at which much of our understanding of, of at least organizational leadership was developed and, and a lot of research was done on human motivation. Um, and whilst you may argue that the 60s is a long time ago, that's not great for me because that's when I came on the scene. But also, you know, that's when I was born in the 60s. But you may also think that, well, what is relevant with theories from the 60s and the 50s, given they didn't even have uh, the computer then, um, human beings don't tend to evolve that quickly. So there's probably still lessons for us in there. But one of the prevalent theories of human motivation for managers, um, which is embedded into many courses, is the idea brought forward by McGregor. Uh, you might have heard of McGregor theory X and theory Y. McGregor worked with uh, Maslow of the human motivation pyramid fame, although he never described it as a pyramid, but that's for another day. But McGregor's theory, in a nutshell, is that you will lead depending on the assumptions you make about what motivates people. So depending on your view of employee motivation, you're going to adopt a certain type of leadership. So what he said, that if you believe, as his theory X managers did, that employees don't really want to be at work, that they don't really want to take responsibility, that they want to do anything, then you lead differently than your theory Y managers who assume that employees actually enjoyed their job, that they wanted to be the best they could be. So in a way, what McGregor is telling us is the assumptions will determine the kind of tug that is needed. So if you're in a theory X model, if you believe that your employees are not uh, motivated to be here, then you're in a tug of war. You see your role as one of conflict and, and your role as being corrective. You have to pull, you have to pull to make sure that people who don't want to do anything actually end up doing something. Just like in a tug of war, it's a constant conflict. You're going to require strength, you're going to require power. It's a very primitive type of power. In a tug of war, it's all about respective strength. I'm strong if you're weak. The weaker you are, the stronger I am. That's kind of that view of leadership that emanates from that theory X. Whether if you believe in theory Y and you believe that people want to perform, then you're no longer in a tug of war. Then you're our tugboat. You see your job as pulling and pushing, but to get people out of tough spots. They're navigating their job and then you intervene when they need help. You use your strength and use power to get them out of trouble whatever trouble they find themselves in. Um, your assumption is still that they don't have the strength themselves, but you're there. So I guess whichever you are, though, whether you think you're in a tug of war or you're a tugboat, leadership in this context is still very much about the kind of power that sees leaders as being stronger than their employees. You're still in that kind of, I am superior in terms of my strength at least. And in a way, that's, I guess that's fair enough. I, I, I remember a conference I spoke at once uh, many years ago 
and I did what what um, many uh, a speaker has done before. I, I tried to use a very, in hindsight, try tried sentence that kind of uh, always gets a you know it's it's kind of short. It's like a tweet of a sentence or an X of a sentence, as we should say now. Um, but I said something along the lines of leaders don't have the answers to every problem. Leaders don't have the answers to everything. To which an audience member, quick as a flash, said to me, then why are they paid so much more than I am? And that's a fair point. You know, so there is a view that says, actually, if the leader does not add value, then what's their job? So, so we need to think about what kind of value leadership adds. And in a tug of war, or, or whether you're a tugboat, the value is gauged by the strength whether it is to pull employees who don't care or to guide those who do, the value resides in the strength. But the problem with the tug war and the, the tug of war and the tugboat is that the assumption is that employees don't have power to move. Is that it is the leader who need to move them on, either because they're stuck or because they don't want to, but employees do do have power. In reality, they can move mountains. So, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've experienced in your career times where you just lost track of time. You were doing whatever needed to be done, irrespective of whether that was in your job description or not. You know, the feeling that you looked at your watch and you think, oh, my goodness, it's, you know, six o'clock in the afternoon or in the evening, early evening, and I have no idea where the time is gone as opposed to other times in your life when you would look at your watch in the morning at 8 a.m. wondering what on earth you were going to do that day and what, what was your life about having to go to that place to do that work. That feeling of complete alignment with what you do is what psychologists call being in flow. It is that feeling you have when you will do whatever needs to be done and, and you would give whatever needs to be given in order to achieve a goal. And that feeling is another kind of tug. And that's the gravitational tug of a goal. You know, the organization has a climate that makes you want to do and give your best. And, he, and I would suggest that rather than exert force on employees, the role of the leader is to create those conditions for the gravitational tug that makes employees want to exert their power and achieve their goal. And leadership is about creating the conditions for others to positively engage with a goal. Now, note, I've used two words. One is I said their goal, because the organizational goal has to be theirs. But I also use the word positively. Leadership is about creating the conditions for others to positively engage with the goal. It's not about fulfilling a contract. It's not about being tugged to do so but rather it is to use our own discretion to fulfill whatever role needs to be fulfilled for the goal to be achieved. Because it's easy to get human beings to do anything. If you have enough power, the power to tug, you will get people to move. But the key to success, I suggest, is to ensure that they move positively, that they move willingly. If you're creating the condition for them to positively engage with what they identify as being their goal, which is aligned to yours, then you're on to something completely different. So, what can we do to create that gravitational tug? Well, three things 
I, I said way back in episode one, there's always three things. I always try to make it three things. I think everybody does three things. Um, but at least these three, are, I guess, are important ones. And I call them the three C's for choice, community and competence. And if we bear in mind those three C's and we act on those levers, then as leaders, we're creating the conditions for people to positively engage. Let's, let me start with choice. Only when we have autonomy as employees can we display engagement. Otherwise, we're in a tug of war or we need a tugboat. Trying to control employees through typed objectives, through deadlines, through rewards, it's much more likely to reduce their motivation than to align it to the goal. When people's choices are curtailed through the tugs, then their motivation is frustrated. Their behavior becomes suboptimal. So when it comes to giving employee choice, creating the conditions for the gravitational tug of that goal that ensures employees release their motivation means that as leaders, we have to define the end by being both clear clear about the goal itself, but also the standards to meet that goal. And then we have to let go of the means. To ensure motivation is released, we must maintain a strong sense of community within a group. That means just as we did with choice, we need to place the goal in a broader context of purpose. In a way, a goal is only clear when we know what the purpose is, so we can choose, but also what part, what specific part of it we play as individuals so that we understand how we belong to that community. That's where your alignment between the organization goal and my personal goal comes together because there is a community to which we belong. So after choice, after community, then the final element that we need to create that climate for that uh, uh, gravitational tug of the goal to be present for us to release our motivation is competence. And in a way... Competence is the expression of choice and community. It is our desire to develop the level of mastery that will enable us to contribute at our best. And what competence calls for is not feedback. No one in the history of mankind has ever been motivated by the words, can you come to my office? I've got some feedback for you. I mean, that doesn't make you jump for joys. Competence calls for attention. We want to know that we are being recognized for who we are and understood for what we seek. So when it comes to creating that gravitational tug of the goal, our starting point as leaders needs to be that everyone comes to work with the intent to do their best. If their best is not good enough, it's our job uh, to find ways to increase their competence. That's the only, pretty much the only instances where a, a tugboat might be appropriate. As long as we remember they're likely to want this as much as we do. So together, choice, community, and competence create the strongest tug of all, the gravitational tug of a goal. So the, the power of the leader does not rest in their ability to be stronger than others, but in the capability to make other people feel stronger. Leadership is about creating the conditions for others to positively engage with the goal. So let me leave you with a question this week. After every interaction, ask yourself, have I made this person feel stronger 
and more capable. Well, thank you for tuning in to The Word is Leadership. I hope you find our exploration of today's word interesting. If you haven't already, then please subscribe to ensure you never miss an episode, each one helping you to lead better through unexpected words. And if you want to get in touch, share your thoughts, and, well, why not contribute a word for a future episode, you can always reach me at thewordisleadership.com. Until next time, this is Emmanuel Gobillot wishing you a great week.